nobody is expecting me to know all of these people's names. You best believe y'all gonna get the abbreviated versions. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back and we are ready to dive into a new series called Chernobyl, which is on HBO. It is a five-part mini-series. The dates of recording will be posted on my schedule, which is on Twitter. So if you search around, I can't tell you where in the feed it is, but it is posted there. And I'll try to start, I think previously I was posting them weekly and I may continue to start doing that again on Sundays, not May. I will start doing it again on Sundays to make sure uh, there's a reminder out there. This episode premiered 5 6 of 2019. It is called 12345. Uh, I'm not sure if that is the clock time because I don't remember seeing that anywhere. But at the same time, I was trying to take in so much information this first episode. So I may have also just missed it. It was written by Craig Mazine, who worked on the scary movie. Uh, series some of them uh, I think he was two three and four and the hangover series as well so he has a lot of comedic background to him so I was surprised that he would take on such a serious type of story arc but it was well written directed by John Rennick who worked on Vikings and The Walking Dead I gave this first episode a 9.8 out of 10 I enjoyed it I paused a few times so that I can do a quick history search because shows like this make me want to. And I know that it took Mimi a few days to get her feedback together. And I'm wondering if we had the same type of issue getting through, except, you know, mine only took three hours. Okay, uh, not even three. Actually, it's an hour and a half and hers took like four days. I'm just saying. (laughs) She already, I've been clowning her all day so this is just a continuation and she knows it but I really like what I saw Jared Harris is in this and I love me some Jared Harris from The Expanse and he's been in a ton of other shit he's just a wonderful character actor and he has reeled me in starting in Moscow 426 of 1988 a man on a tape recorder is explaining man we later learn is valeri how truth gets pretty much buried under lies and creates stories in which there needs to be someone to blame he also says that in this the truth is forgotten and that in this case antoli antoli delavov i call him ad most of the rest of this episode or lazy ad you'll get the reference who was the one to take the fall and he made the perfect scapegoat he got 10 years for what he did in a prison labor camp which is unfair because for the things he did he should have been given death i was about 30 minutes in and i was already calling for it i was like someone please string this man up 
and that there are also far more criminals involved that did much worse things than even him and i was like okay tell me how you really feel the monologuer is at the table he's smoking a cigarette he's got a cat and also i cannot help but feel in the 80s with all this smoking that everything and everywhere you went had to be an ashtray i grew up in the era in which smoking in restaurants not cool you know we banned that shit and there was a whole generation in which that was cool and i'm sure as a kid it was still legal as well but i probably like we didn't go out to a restaurant (laughs) if we went out to a restaurant it was the hometown buffet and occasionally maybe golden corral but that was about it so yeah i i can't imagine going out to eat in the 80s jesus i would probably have died myself from secondhand by the time i made it to the 90s the lot the monologuer continues his recording definitely looks sick as hell i'm not sure if this is radiation poisoning or not looks like it he said that ad his uh exact sentencing was for criminal mismanagement it's like i don't even know what that means he says a just world is a sane world and in a sane just world someone is responsible in which they can pin it all on and victory has been declared justice has been given however he says everything that was that night and after was absolute madness and that he has given someone all he knows and knows that he will try his best and that they are going to get you to not uh publish these details they're going to deny it he is clearly being watched by someone outside now we know the kgb was a big thing in the 80s so we we already (laughs) we can take seriously the danger he is in he hides the tapes five of them i thought that was very apropos maybe one tape for each part of the miniseries uh i learned that they they did a lot of research extensively for this series but they also did add pieces of fiction i'm not sure where the fiction is but i will reference or i will look into as much as i can as we go through when i have the time to do it hopefully a lot more um because this is actually a very intriguing history subject matter that is something i'm thoroughly fascinated in learning more about i had heard the stories i briefly recall being educated about the incident in school or maybe college i can't even recall but the fact that i can't tells me all i need to know and i would like to put this in my long-term memory with the other information that i learn about history that has never ever been taught in public education because fucking america moving on he goes outside and pretends that he is emptying his trash he puts the tapes in said trash can and a newspaper and then hides the tapes in some type of nook 
in the alleyway then he has a cigarette well first he inhales the night air that's when i knew the ominous music playing i loved it hbo just has a thing with their um their music in general oh shout out to lambreth hbo euphoria for winning an emmy hell yeah shit that soundtrack was fire though like absolute like there is I, like they said there is no euphoria without lambert sorry side note but if you love hbo <laughs> if you're watching this series you may have watched euphoria he feeds his cat has a cigarette and then he hangs himself this entire time too he was watching his watch <laughs> there's no other way to not try to say those two words back to back and it turns out he wanted to murder himself or hang himself at the exact time because how do you murder yourself but you know what i mean he wanted to commit suicide at the same time that chernobyl began and priya damn it these words pripyat pripyat uh i'm so sorry i am terrible at everything in russian <laughs> Ukraine SSR two years and one minute earlier somebody's pregnant as they are up chucking in the bathroom and we see a woman come out look at her hubby with his ass up in the air and she's like that's my boo I love him and she goes into the kitchen and we can see I love the perspective of seeing how much the explosion caused um or the shock of the explosion was felt from the distance so seeing that shot of her going in the kitchen then you see the window you see the explosion happen and by the time she comes back out of the kitchen back into the hallway the shock wave reaches her and we saw in the aerial shot at the end of this episode just how far in the light of day that distance was and it makes the scene even more impactful and then you see this god-awful sight from afar her husband gets up like what's going on it looks horrifying you then get right into the action and the viewpoint of one lazy ad which is the man that got 10 years stating what the hell just happened he is told that there has been an explosion by a man whose face is noticeably more redder than everyone else's and he says that well no actually this is previously back up he assumes first that it's a hydrogen explosion because they must have done did something wrong but then that's when the guy in the red shows up saying there's a fire he's like i know he's given directions out but he's like no i don't think you get it sir the core has exploded and then he says he's he's in shock someone get him a medic or something and he says no i was there i saw it with my own eyes the lid is off and he says that's impossible he himself is so in denial this entire episode i can give it to shock because we are human we are but then at the his actions afterwards can be it can only be 
accounted for um criminal because shock is an emotion in which you cannot move forward this man actively coerced bullied (laughs) denied uh constructed a truth continued to perpetuate that truth as if it was fiction and ignored all evidence to the contrary that the truth indeed had occurred which is why yes he should have probably gotten a firing squad (laughs) i mean i'm not for capital punishment i say that but at the same time i can listen to the argument for why and understand this attitude however is catching in his second akamov or i'm just gonna call him sasha is saying you know it's right it was the hydrogen tank it did indeed explode his friend leonid is kind of like do you taste metal and (laughs) he completely ignores that and they continue with trying to put out the fire sending trainees to do this what about 10 11 people in this room to send them to try to contain the situation saying that we need to continue to pump water into the core that is the most important part despite the man still standing there being like then lazy ad goes out to inspect the damage in the hallway he sees that all the windows are out and then there are glowing rocks on the ground some type of material in them and i didn't know what that was and when i got that reveal that's when i was like oh my god (laughs) the 911 calls the 911 calls were a very nice realistic touch as it is clearly being told and misinformed to just about everyone that it is indeed a roof fire at the nuclear plant and that all of the bosses are called and woken up to discuss the accident the woman's husband vasily is called away because he works for the fire department and she realizes that it doesn't look right this looks like more than just tar from a roof because if you hear the descriptions the air is on fire not the air but um the air is glowing she sees the colors and there's a lot of lights and she's like i don't think those are floodlights or whatever he said they were but he leaves because everyone has been called on this at 1 25 a.m the man valera whose face was all red is actually trying to do something about the fucked up situation that he knows that they're in and he goes looking for something called a decisometer i'm just going to call this a radiator detector for the rest of the series uh the wreckage was definitely well well done i was very horrified he was he was walking through that i was like no do not collapse that was the whole time I saw that dude sitting there. I'm like, uh, something is going to collapse and I'm not ready for it. This episode was giving me serious anxiety. But what he has is not good enough because the good one is blocked in a safe because that is doing anyone any good. 
his co-worker thinks that they are at war or possibly being bombed because he himself has not uh understood that something has gone wrong and it is the core so he must have been away from this area when it happened and then valera tells him you need to go and get everyone out of here he's going i guess to find someone with a key and as soon as the man i forgot his name i think it's p i think i call him p dog for the rest of the episode uh goes to find his comrades and one of them vomits blood on him this is fucking scary and gross okay so there has been a lot of debate about nuclear power and having whole communities being based on something like a lot of in in the 60s 70s uh, i'm surprised in the 80s but it's a different country there because we did in america too a few uh we had an infamous one where we built a whole town where the community all worked at the same or had their livelihood attached to the same place and so in that there is a a a built-in community as far as a closeness with everyone and i felt that in this episode as everyone kept encountering you know because they're not just co-workers they're friends they're neighbors they're people that they all know and they all primarily most likely uh, are attached to this plant so i thought that that was something felt and done kind of um just unconsciously or maybe consciously throughout each interaction that i really appreciated but also my second thing was are no one in this town fucking physicists or anyone working at this power plant (laughs) like what are the degrees what are their um qualifications because i know if i saw someone vomiting blood i wouldn't go oh my god there was a fire in your vomiting blood i'd be like hey the first um <laughs> the first sign or side effect of radiation poison is someone vomiting blood on someone else or something to that effect i felt more people would have been putting pieces together there were a few but there also seemed to be i just wonder i truly do just wonder how many people here have the right qualifications to be doing because it seemed like Valera was trying, but Valera was also dying. Um, then we see the two trainees who are looking for the reactor hall. Uh, and he's like, why are you going there? Because I just got told the core is fucking gone. No, was P told that? No, he just said that to get everyone out. Then I was like, oh no, these little trainees are marked for death. And I was like, Lazy AD sent them to said death. He wanted the entire fire brigade to come out and put out a fire that wasn't a fire. Not in the sense that they were thinking it was a fire. Valera finds another co-worker looking for Victor. And Valera is quickly losing the will to do much more because he's sick when he finds victor homeboy is dying he's got i mean he's completely he must have got the worst of it or 
he's he's been sitting there deteriorating longer i'm not sure but his face was bloody there was not much he was gonna do for him painful death and then he says to go get i'm just gonna say g-dog and as soon as he looks in there uh the core is gone it's toxic aftermath itself it's not the core because i i just recall that it's, it's kind of like they're close to it because his face did turn red but not as much as it did later on then we have lazy ad sending people to where they will once again be contaminated despite no word from personnel in that department that works directly with the core and can tell you them what's going on and his second sasha continues to disseminate to his superior and the illusions that he's under because it is severe and he tells his friend leonid we did everything right shit motherfucker ass tits cunt cock motherfucker shit ass tits motherfucker shit come on at 1 30 a.m the fire brigade arrives vasily gets there and he looks up i love all of the shots the cinematography is great in this show it don't look like a roof fire but despite all this no one wants to say what is happening i can i understand confusion though when there's chaos and panic it's easy to sit on the sidelines and be like oh you know why isn't this person do it but when you're in it and you have a job to do and there's a hierarchy and then you have the government in which you have which we'll get into that later yeah i can see a feeling of helplessness his friend misha decides to pick up one of the contaminated rocks saying what is this that was not a good idea for misha he drops it says do not touch anything just get to work on these hoses and everyone can taste metal he is carrying valera who is i thought it was valera was it him yeah he's dead he runs into the trainees once again who are lost because the door is jammed and he says come on and they leave I thought he was going to take them and leave the building because he just noticed that his friend is dead. But I just don't. I'm a little confuddled. But maybe everyone just needs to see it for themselves. Well, not everyone. Lazy AD did not need to see it for himself at all. Misha's hand very quickly is dissolving and he is screaming in pain. Vasily has to get on his hose. And you can see the dawning fear in his face. And this actor did such a fabulous job of portraying what it would have been like to be there. Because I just felt all the dread every time I saw his face. Because he's like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. I'm just doing what I'm told. And I know this is wrong, but I have to keep following orders. The trainees and P follow because they said Akimov, which is Sasha, said that it is not the core. So that was enough for P, apparently. And again, that goes back to the hierarchy thing. It's probably so ingrained in their society that they go to the door and P, with his strength, the strength of, <laughs> of one instead of two, is able to get the door open. He says, are you guys sure? I'm like, are you sure? because just touching that that door with radiation on it was enough to end p's life 
they the two trainees go in and i was like well they're dead because they look directly into that motherfucker and it is not great they run out of that room terrified but p starts physically bleeding from the side where he was he had contact with that door the neighbors back in the town are all outside the alarms are going off they're watching the blaze from afar and vasily's husband or wife lamidia i'm just gonna call her l <laughs> is invited to get a closer look with a couple and their child on a railroad bridge and i was like oh no this is not a good idea now this is actually a true story from what i i the little bit of research i did do was able to stumble across actually was the fact that they called this the uh, railroad of death or something like that because everyone who was on this died apparently but there are a lot of conflicting accounts about chernobyl and i think this series is going to simply put out there what has been stated and you can decide for yourself <laughs> i would not be surprised at all they, there was one person said they were completely healthy and they didn't everyone didn't die like that i was like yeah but <laughs> you being this fucking close and then you having the oh no oh no so, so yeah yeah it, it wasn't great the baby shouldn't have been there but of course why would you go out to that's like the spectacle of danger though that i'm not like that people do i'm not even go trash these people because we do it all the time some people they see something happening that's a disaster and they need to get a closer peek people do that with tornadoes where i mean they actually do it for a fucking living and they at least they get data for us but <laughs> The other ones that aren't doing that that are just driving down the road with their truck and their camera like look how cool this is or whatever's happening they gotta take a peek just curious ass white folks that's what that is curious black people we're like ah we don't need to see so all we know is something ain't right <laughs> i don't need to like i will stay here where it's safe i i uh, yeah just not something we do not say all saying majority would probably be like hey there's a tornado like you want to go see nah bruh i'm good i'm so good beyond good <laughs> the trainees then return to tell them that the core is gone it's like i looked into it look at my face it looks just like valera's valera is dead now by the way since nobody is pouring out a 40 for him and then this motherfucker called Lazy AD gonna say, did you lower the rods or not? English motherfucker, do you speak it? This is three people now that have told Lazy AD that the core is gone. It's skedaddle. Where's Pete? Uh, he didn't make it. Blair didn't make it. I'm not gonna make it. It's, it's a wrap. He begins to retch, looking like he's going to die. And he coldly orders Leonid to take him to the infirmary. Did you notice though that Leonid did not touch him at all? I was like, don't you dare put your hands. He, he was like, nope, I sure as shit ain't doing it. Because despite knowing 
<laughs> that um, I have to follow this order. I also know that it is not that man that's dying right here delusional. It is this motherfucker named Lazy AD. Because I was really upset when he called him delusional and this man is literally taking his last breaths. I thought surely Sasha is going to take over and relieve this man of his his command but no he tells him we need more bodies because everyone else is dropping and to call in the date shift because they need to pump water for this fucking core and that they are only putting out a little radiation and that I'm about to go deal with the big bosses and you do not want to be on my bad side he coerces him completely to continue pumping the fucking water into a core that does not exist and i felt so bad for that last man in the room ain't nobody woke up this morning thinking this shit was gonna happen so i did have a lot of empathy for the people in this room despite some of them and their reactions because that's what leadership is unfortunately if you and then there are people who also when they know there's something that needs to be done do it there there are different people that step up in, in times of huge strife and no one can say how they will react until they react i've been in that position before too <laughs> and i can say for a fact i reacted the way i didn't think i had someone choking in front of me before i have never you know you go through cpr training and you're like oh okay yeah i'll this will be a tool i'll never really have to use <laughs> until someone chokes in front of you and then they're in a wheelchair and then they can't get out of the wheelchair and then you're alone with them and then they turn blue and then you are put into fight or flight mode i guess that's what they call it I'm not sure they may have rephrased that but what was shocking to me is that I was there I was present I didn't hesitate I moved I did what I did I mean we had to fight to get this girl back breathing again because she went from choking to not breathing uh over the course of maybe two minutes and we also had other patients in the hallways that we had that needed to be directed and i remember me and this pregnant nurse you know we're fighting to get this fucking piece of sausage out of this girl's throat and i'm putting my hand down because i remember the swipe method i'm thinking of everything i knew but i'm not processing it i'm just it's more like you're you're i think it, maybe mimi too as a nurse would no, get this you're just in that mode of what you've been trained to do in the case of of an emergency like this and all the while though you see other staff members and one in particular who are frozen stuck can't deal uh one honestly it didn't he wasn't even fucking there around or even close to the proximity of the incident to be traumatized at all was losing her absolute shit in the hall just screaming Cause she was pretty sure this woman was dead and she's calling her name like she went to heaven and i'm like not today and she made it she was fine um <laughs> so that moment for me really 
connects me to that sense of panic at 1 50 a.m a doctor is in the prenatal ward and she notices that there have been no emissions from the power or from the nuclear plant regarding the fire there and he's like uh i guess it wasn't that big a deal says her co-worker and that it's been quiet and then she asks if the hospital stocks iodine pills and the doctor says why would we do that iodine pills is used to treat radiation and it is used for radiation treatment so this is the show telling us a certain thing that really is out of context to a uh, context to what is happening because <laughs> i'm like girl why would you just randomly ask that shit <laughs> like you needed to convey to the audience that hey we're not even prepared to deal with infection that's how uh ill equipped to handle this type of catastrophe we are and how how um it escalates from there right then we get one of the big bosses being called from his bed this is db he's a dick he said if i'm awake foaming better be awake too don't ask me why you should you should call foaming fucking call foaming (laughs) he gets to the damn building and foaming's like whatever happens don't fucking talk to me foaming i think he told him at least 20 times to shut the fuck up uh they take them to a bunker secure location to meet with lazy ad who has left the fucking power plant and assures the director that no one can blame him what is interesting is that db immediately mentions that their safety test was a failure so is this what caused the explosion i'm not sure and i'm gonna wait for the show to tell me even though i did do a little fat checking i did not fat check that one but that's his first concern like no one's gonna blame you he's like how can anyone blame me i was a fucking sleep <laughs> but the test was approved by humans so that is why db would be concerned or why lazy ad would bring it up so he continues the lie that it was a hydrogen tank explosion that caused a roof fire and that the radiation leak is at the nuclear plant apparent but not horrifying apparently the disseminators i'm saying that wrong disseminators they are the ones provided by moscow that are shit and the good ones are kept in the safe so they want an exact reading and they send someone to get the one for the safe for it so this is what cost efficiency does to uh to places and businesses and that is when you have these types of disasters disasters that could be bad but get worse people on the railroad are playing around they had that whole scene where they were dancing in the fallout of the nuclear explosion and i was like oh lord she's like this is so beautiful it's like looking at the stars but it's like no this is gonna cause you cancer and death the other man ordered to his death this day finds p alive i can't remember what his name was because he it was the guy that said that didn't want to go um take a look 
and see if the things can be pulled up i don't know he kept giving out so many orders and he sees p dying hands him a cigarette and he gonna say do you need help really nigga it did not take a rocket science to know this man needed some rosary beads and a prayer and probably a shot of morphine so that he can go quick they do enjoy looking at the rain coming through except it's not rain <laughs> it's just the water that is being pumped through <laughs> to a core that doesn't exist it's not funny but it's just so surreal and P's last words is it is over poor Vasily and the other firefighters they were just at least outside you know trying to contain it but his boss tells him it's time to make our way to the roof one man ain't moving he's like i don't care what the fuck you say i'm staying here in shock because i already know something bad went down and it's happening to my body and y'all asses is acting like it's not the music the impending dread that transition between husband and wife because i get the feeling that they will not see each other ever again um before he goes into the building the belly of the beast i thought he was never going to come out and this was the last time we were going to see him but it turns out we will at least get a little bit more of that backstory you can tell what could, what is the first hand accounts as well at 3 30 a.m my man's boris that was the guy that found p comes back and the third wait fourth man now says the core is gone i don't give a fuck <laughs> what you're trying to tell me everyone is checking and they are dying it's gone sasha is basically like look we need to do what our orders were because i'm not going to acknowledge the fact that a million of people could possibly or they're thinking in their minds millions of people are going to die as a result of this so pumping water is what i can do i cannot do anything other than that right now and boris is like you guys are going to be in that room for hours pumping water exposing yourself to radiation you're crazy but they all leave to die sitting off man sitting off i'm just gonna call him ck or sk sk is gossiping with a friend about why they were called in when he is the lucky person that knows where the fucking key to the safe is for the disseminators the radiation detectors let's just call them because <laughs> i know i've said that wrong like 20 times already and it is really appalling that no one knows where the hell the key is 5 20 a.m directors are meeting with the committee to discuss the situation and fucking lazy ad is still in the room this shelter that they're in was built to withstand nuclear war turns out in case the americans uh, this guy that's talking the director he sounds like he's already dying of cancer that's why he don't want to leave the town he's like i got nothing to lose i already got four to six months <laughs> jesus he is still smoking sounding like that they begin strategizing a fallout 
based on misinformation, like what to do about the fallout. He assures the committee everything is under control, that the nuclear power plant also falls within state secrets. So while you committee people who put your money and your lives and your children and best their families here for this nuclear plant, that's great. However, we, the military, own it. So we are going to be deploying two to 4,000 troops to contain the panic. And we have one brave man stepping forward to say, I think we should evacuate because this sounds bad and there's more than you're telling us. We know that there was someone else, like we've heard the stories because most of us probably got calls because there are phones at this time (laughs) before they're cut off that, hey, people are picking up rocks and they're contaminated, the people vomiting, um, the air, or what do you say? The air is glowing. It's the Chernobyl effect. Don't stop believing. You could not even believe he decided to, that's why I was like, oh no, when I, when you could have let him go for shock for a minute, but the shock and then this exact line, nah, nah, he's crazy. Old Man River, though, we saw him because this is an important actor I've seen before. He's been chilling, listening to everybody speak, taps his cane, and asks if anyone knows the name of the plant, its true name, which is not Chernobyl. It is called the Vladimir... uh, Is that first? (laughs) Vladimir I. Lenin Nuclear Power Station. There is a... um, plaque of him also on the wall if you do not know who vladimir lenin is he is the ref uh the russian revolutionist sorry i'm like getting my foot hurt right now um that pretty much formed the soviet union well he formed the ussr uh and basically destroyed the czarist regime that had been controlling russia for many 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 generations i watched a whole documentary in russian on all of the czars all the way up into the romanovs i did not watch after that part um i've watched some of the world war ii stuff history war one but yeah so yeah his regime is what overthrew the last of the czars romanovs were killed he is very much revered he is someone who is for the people a lot of his conformist uh, idealisms uh, is what formed the the communist government communist party it's a liberal uh, russia people love him i mean absolutely love him he is what put them from the farms and then gave them a chance at education uh because yeah the russian people were under a serious 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 uh royal control do not have a lot of opportunities so on and so forth as any dictator ish or i should say uh what is it royal regime tends to be um however what came after his uh ussr was the soviet union and which we had some other notorious people that we know uh there's also marxism with leninism and like every every country you have split opinions and um 
Lenny kind of flew on both sides of it. But the point of it is, him bringing it up is, the nuclear power plant represents a ideal of Russia. At this time in Russian history, people are very proud of who they are, um, but they're also uh, afraid of outsiders still. They have the Cold War going on with America. Uh, at this time, you got the KGB. <laughs> you know, you get that type of the the, the, the rising governments they come afterwards. I'm not going to go all over all World War II history here, uh, but he's basically calling on their sense of patriotism. Like, hey, uh, I'm happy this young man over here is so for the people because that's what Lenin stood for. That was his philosophy. And it's understandable and admirable that you would be about that. But we're also, he doesn't say, establishing a Gestapo. <laughs> type of influence where the people do not still control themselves despite the ideal it's almost like yeah you took the fallout of the czarist regime and then you still had the people that were in that government though and they they, they, they anyhow because <laughs> i can go on and on he skillfully skillfully tells everyone in the room we are going to trust that they are telling us the truth despite the fact that they are not we're going to be sending the troops because when people do panic and they ask questions, the best thing to do, in my experience, being, you know, 100 fucking 50 years old, is to put police officers on the doorstep and tell them to mind their damn business. So we will seal off the city, cut the phone lines, because we need to make sure that no misinformation gets out of there, and that's how we handle people. This guy this guy he says we will be rewarded because this is our moment to shine db <laughs> hitting that desk and then everyone jumping up to applaud him for that speech except for homie who can't believe what just happened then they have uh sk who was just you know knew what a damn key was comes in to tell them i've done my job because he's actually probably found the key and done some more uh we found the seismometer or the seismometer whatever and we did a reading turned it on mac it uh it, it blew out and then db's like see Moscow sending us shitty stuff and then he's like yeah and then i went and got the military grade one and it maxed out so there's also this thing called graphite on the ground and i was like that is what lazy ad was staring at kill him do it shoot him lazy ad gonna say you lying foreman is it foreman foreman he's an engineer himself can't believe what he is being told because it is unfeasible to believe that a core would explode not melt explode but in like lazy ad uh, SK's like, um, I don't know how it exploded, but I'm not gonna pretend it didn't happen. It happened. And then you have Lazy AD offering to look for himself. I will go to the roof, confirm this, as he should have already done, and then conveniently throws up and vomits because he knows to go there is to it's basically his death warrant he knows if he looks into the fire pit 
that is the non-core, he is going to be blasted in the face with radiation. And he collapses and it felt like a setup. At first I thought maybe he really just hit his wall, but I think he's full of shit. And he just covered his own ass and pretended as if, well, shit, I can't do it because I'm physically and emotionally fucked up. And then SK is told to do so. And he says, I will not. And DB, his director says, yes, you will. And by the armed guard standing there, he ain't got no fucking choice. That is messed up. Sasha and Leonid, they slosh through water to turn the valves for the hours they plan to be doing this until they're told to start for a core. I will once again say it does not exist. Leonid starts crying and his friend Sasha's like, I told you this is not our fault. And he's like, yeah, it is. It is. And then I kind of got it that maybe Sasha or maybe at least Leonid went around with it. Like, well, I'd rather just if this is death or if this is all my fault, I'd rather be the one suffering for what I have caused. Under guard, SK goes to the roof. There's a whole, whole lot of smoke coming out of it. And he looks, turns around, and it's so sad. (laughs) I'm so mad. This dude was just doing his job and they forced him to confirm something he already knew. If the motherfucker Lazy AD had just said, you know what? Three people told me. It, it i didn't believe it either i didn't believe that was the case but it is he sent this man to his death another man and more people <laughs> and then when he comes back to tell the two idiots exactly what was already told he they're screaming at him it's a good thing that that nurse got some sleep because it's uh raining men but not in the way that is pleasant. They are all coming in from radiation poisoning. Valerie gets a call. Oh, wait, we saw Vasily too as she goes out. Uh, He's carrying one guy because we get, no, Sasha's the one. Yeah, I forgot. That's when we get catch back up with Vasily. First, we do go to Valerie, which is Jared Harris's character. He gets a call and is told that there's been an accident at the plant. Fire on the roof same old same old but that there is a committee being put together and he's going to be on it doesn't get asked just gets towed because he is the expert in rmbk reactors he starts asking questions about contamination when he hears the readings he's like we should evacuate but he is cut off immediately because no one is asking his opinion on how to handle the situation he is there to answer questions based on the knowledge is uh known for which is fucked up and then they also want to meet at 2 p.m like it ain't 5 a.m and shit's already astronomically tragic then we get the scene of sasha and leonid that were still in the valve rooms turning and it's clear that they are suffering signs of radiation poisoning too 
as lazy bees being brought out of the building we see the smoke coming up in the air and that's when we see all of the people um being brought into the hospital and that's when you see vasily he's very very much contaminated unfortunately he can't even hold up a a a cart for where one of his friends on it then we see the smoke in the clouds you see it it becoming something that's moving an actual force toward the town across the river this was that a river uh and a dead bird falls to the ground because like i said it's only going to get worse before it gets better and apparently the people in charge of this aren't even meeting until everyone's brushed their teeth had some breakfast did some brunch washed their soaps this is going to turn out to be an interesting journey i'm probably going to be screaming at my television a lot because <laughs> i can already see the villains arising and it all makes sense but that is my thoughts on the episode let's jump into that feedback So you can send feedback two ways. You can send it in email form or you can send it via audio to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. We've got one, so let's go ahead and listen. Uh, what up, Stina? This is Mimi. <laughs> Sending my feedback for Chernobyl. <laughs> I've been thoroughly dragged, but in my defense, I have tried. I even tried to say, well, maybe I should try and write it out. I I couldn't. So um, this feedback is going to be more of an antidote because I have more of a funny story to tell you than I do actually feedback on Chernobyl. So let me just go ahead and start with my feedback for Chernobyl. So I can't say it like I told you how what kind of mood I was in last week. Um, and I tried I even rewatched the episode and it wasn't my mood it was the episode it was very slow and I know we're building a world and it's in first episode of a series it started off with the gentleman committing suicide and once again like it was just really slow and I like the whole time my mind's wandering for one thing I can't understand why everybody's speaking English aren't we isn't Chernobyl in Russia am I making that up Okay, so I just literally just Googled it and Chernobyl is in the Ukraine. Um, I whatever I geography is not something I'm good at. You can ask anybody, especially my son, because he likes to drag me for it all the time. But I just felt like the fact that everyone's speaking English with an accent just seemed a little (laughs) fake. And I understand that it was made for HBO, which is in America. But I can't help but notice stuff like that. Like whenever I'm watching like a World War II movie and we're in Japan, if they not speak in Japanese, I have no respect for the movie. Because if you're not intelligent enough to read subtitles for 10 minutes of an entire two hour movie, you should be watching this movie in the first place. That's how I feel. I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch the show just because it's not authentic. I'm just saying things like that. I, I get side eye too. It's just you know i have said it so many times since i can remember thinking this logically i think america is so we're so self-centered and we're so 
arrogant we think like literally everything revolves around us like everything's in english like the default for everything is english like you if you want your phone to be in spanish you literally have to set it that way i think nowadays phones actually give you an option but before when i first like the first cell phone i ever had it just automatically went in english and then if you wanted to know how to the change it to like another language you literally had to go through that manual and like flip through pages because everything was in english so that's one thing the other thing was like the urgency like i i'm thinking maybe people weren't really thinking it was that serious in the beginning is that why people were just being really slow walking around acting like it's not an explosion and this isn't serious like radiation isn't getting everywhere about to kill everybody it does not take a lot of radiation for a person to get sick and those people were getting sick really fast and their skin would change their colors that means that's a lot of radiation i mean you've seen the flash you remember that guy the one they had to contain um because he was making everybody sick in that everywhere he went like radiation is a serious thing so I don't know why, but when an alarm goes off at a if I was at a nuclear power plant and an alarm went off, my first assumption would be some shit is about to go down. So let me get the hell out of here and fast and keep going till I'm really, really far away from this mug. But that's just me. Um, I know um, the one guy at the beginning killed himself and we saw him again at the end. So I'm assuming this is going to be the story of what really happened with him and why he um committed suicide got my son's hold on pause i'm sorry you guys are gonna have to just hear that because i don't know how to edit so (laughs) i had to pause it because my son was up in my business because that's what he does now he's just always in my business because i don't even have the vacation of school being started for him to get out of my face anywho um so the episode was just it it was just really slow and i don't i know it's not that many episodes i think you said it's like five or six christina so i'm expecting it to get better so i i told myself i was just gonna get through it and send feedback because i thought okay maybe i should try and watch it one more time and then i'm thinking well i told christina like four days ago that i was gonna send this feedback and i haven't sent anything so there's that um um i don't really have much else to say i mean i think maybe usually what happens is once i listen to your podcast i have a better understanding and i just think that i'm not very good with world building i think because of just who i am i need something to catch my attention before me to be very thoroughly intrigued that's why i like superhero movies and tv shows and action films and things like that because i or magic sci-fi because i need something that's gonna give me something to hold on to like a werewolf or a vampire something like that at the beginning a dragon you know what i'm saying some zombies some frozen zombies i need something to hold on to at the beginning of shows that's why i watch so many like supernatural sci-fi type of shows because that's i just i need an attention getter I feel childish saying it, but it's just the truth. So I think that's it. Okay, so I've been rambled on for six minutes about nothing. So the end. Um, now I got to tell you about my story because this is so funny to me. So it was uh, yesterday. 
Um, I don't know how I saw it. I think it was on Twitter um, where I read this. It, it was I don't know. Someone posted something on some site and someone posted it, reposted it on Twitter where this basically this white guy um, was having dinner with his girlfriend's best friend who's from India and they started playing scramble and apparently he just assumed he was gonna murder them because well she's Indian and I guess he just thinks his girlfriend is stupid who knows I don't know so long story short she straight murders him in the game and he cannot fathom this being the case so he like tells her like um you know it's funny that you're cheating (laughs) you know about the you know at this game and he's she's like she just laughs it off and she's like I'm not cheating why do you think I'm cheating and he basically says well you from India you just came to America a couple years ago there's no way that you're better at English than me and um his girlfriend like they got home was like I can't believe you embarrassed me like that saying some racist nonsense like that I don't know if we should be together so basically he got on the internet he got on blue ivy's internet to ask the world if he was racist and i like as i'm reading it i'm like who child i swear i was like (laughs) just minding my own business walking into the kitchen to get snacks and i'm like i hate white people and my son was like mom and i was like what i'm not talking about you you black he was like but what about dad (laughs) and i was like so basically it was like that gift of that woman where she's that black woman with the braids and she got her cup of tea and she's like looking to the side so I was like you know I mean I said what I said <laughs> I don't know what to tell you and he's like mom you're mean like well I can't help it your dad's white and sometimes I hate white people he gets on my nerve and he say the same stuff sometimes sometimes black people get on his nerves some most of the time white people get on his nerve he's one of those white guys who be on facebook dragging races like why are you wasting your energy doing that so he probably would agree with me if he read the same thing but my son was like appalled that i would say something like that because granted half his family is white but still they get on my nerve anyway <laughs> So I've uh, straight embarrassed myself throughout this whole feedback. And since I told you I was going to send it a long time ago, I'm just going to send it. It ain't going to be edited. It's just going to be me rambling. So enjoy. Uh, Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Miss Mimi giving her opinion on the episode and a very interesting story as well. So first about the episode, I get what you meant. It's it's more of a slower type of pace. I thought it was actually well um, proportioned throughout the episode. It it wasn't, it's, I don't think it's going to be as much as an action driven type of show as much as a, uh, a cover-up how things could have gone better if it hadn't gone so so much worse i mean it was never going to be great but it certainly became something that reflect a great deal of what was wrong in the um at this part and you're correct ukraine is in russia <laughs> so you you're right uh in the right geography sphere about how 
they handle their own people in the face of a disaster uh and how this was on a world stage but it tried to be on a much i think the people that are higher up understood the the gravity of the situation they became about not embarrassing themselves in front of the entire uh world and it did create a a mass effect it is something that is studied over time and i think the show is about bringing those stories uh to life and seeing how this accident became such a um just a horrifying experience for the people and how despite its revolution in history and even now we still have this uh you know this this real dislike of russian politics because a great deal of of what they're doing or or accused of doing um aren't all the the highest morality and so i think that's what you're going to be seeing more than hey look at you know like a like an action piece set maybe of how this all went down i think that's more fascinating for me but then again i'm the history nerd so of course uh what you said about russian though i think it's so important i think you're true it's right i mean i'm never gonna sit here and say america's the greatest thing no mm -mm. we got we got we got things okay not pretending (laughs) that we don't have nothing but we're you're completely right we are an arrogant species here over here and yeah if you are going to base a film primarily uh, in russia then it should be spoken in russian now i can understand if it was in english <laughs> or in, it was in america or in a predominantly english-speaking country but yeah there is no reason why other than the fact that people uh, americans don't believe in reading subtitles and there are some people that really they're so against it they can't even be bothered to do it and then i have a whole thought on that so yeah uh i like that what you said about that on to your story that is hysterical um I think I was just talking about this about how Americans are ridiculously undereducated in another podcast because we are. Uh, we have been force fed a very contrived history and we continue to plagiarize ourselves in our own role in the in the greater scheme of things con- over generations. And unless you go to college or you know pursue education on your own or watch documentaries or open a fucking book for christ's sake you're not going to know that and there are more of those than there are of us and that is just the sad truth and i think that is just also from a from a history perspective a known factor in the civilization of humankind and I don't want to ramble any further on that. So let's get to your story because it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I I have a mixed daughter as well. So I, I feel you. And I've said that before too. I'm like, you know what? I don't like your half right now. <laughs> she'd be like, I'd be like, that is so rude to say. And I'm like, look. And I said the same thing to her. She'd be like, I'm white. I'm like, you're black. 
She'd be like, but I'm half white. I'm like, yeah. But let's just face facts. According to America, <laughs> according to the white people, I should say, in America, you're black. I can say you're black and white. I told you that when you were born. I say, yeah, what are you? You're half black and you're half white, or you're half Caucasian. And then she'd be like, okay. But then when she goes onto uh, a race card, it don't say half Caucasian and half black. It don't even say mixed. It says black, white, Hispanic, <laughs> Indian, and I'm sure there's a few others. Nigerian's not one, or Nigerian goes under other. Everything else goes under other. <laughs> if you're not the top three, which is Hispanic, black, Asian, I should say top four, then you go into other. So yeah, I've uh, definitely had those times. I say the same thing. I, I'm like, oh, I can't stand black people these weeks. Uh, I can't like upstairs. Okay, that, that's that's the the black people I can't stand. And you can just define it like that. Be like, hey, it's not white people. It's some white people. I I like adding the some because it doesn't encompass them all. Because all of them can't be this terrible. And I know for a fact that they aren't. So there is that. If you want to send feedback for the next episode of Chernobyl, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, and rate the podcast. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic. <laughs>